Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. You need to log on to sportsmansalliance.org, and, uh, and we're going to tell you why during this segment, but uh, there's really some, some troubling direction with regard to the WDFW commission, and uh, tell you what, man, it, it sure feels like they're, uh, they're trying to put us out of the hook and bullet business here. And, uh, oh, they are. Thanks to you, Joey Pyburn, and thanks to our next guest, Brian Lynn, that sat through a bunch of circular, I'm afraid to say something, weirdness from the Wildlife Commission. Good morning, Brian Lynn. Welcome to the show. And uh, could you make heads or tails of what what the commission was talking about yesterday? Well, good morning, guys. Happy to be on. Uh, It was chaos. I mean, it it took a good half hour, 45 minutes for them to even figure out what they were talking about. One commissioner thought one thing, another commissioner thought another Another one was like, why are we doing this? We can't set policy. And they had the lawyer in there saying you can't do this. We get a whole bunch of, you know, bureaucratic uh, going in circles for the first half of it. And then a whole bunch of semantics between them all throughout the whole thing. And and basically the direction, the thrust, and the the problem with this is WDFW Commissioner Lorna Smith's non-consumptive language that she's trying to insert into the, the direction and the policy of the Wildlife Commission. And this goes against over 100 years of the Northwest Wildlife Model being successful managing a number of different species, Brian. And I'll let you take it from there, maybe hearkening back to the meeting you had in the presentation given to the wildlife biologists late last fall or earlier this winter. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, so they're they're this committee that meets is formulating the game management plan, which guides and sets helps the bi- the biologists set the game management season. So your deer season, your elk season, you know everything like that. And so they're trying to slip in verbiage and loaded words and any little hook they can use down the road to say no, we can't have that season or we need to shorten that season because of biodiversity loss, climate change, you know, predators. So they have, they're, they're trying to set the stage now. This is not sexy stuff. Like when the bear hunt stuff comes up, we all get up in arms and get mad. But where they're setting the roadmap for that, those kind of votes is now. It's boring, it's chaotic, it's confusing, but we have to pay attention now because months or years from now, they will use this game management plan as the legal platform for making those moves. And this is all part of a bigger piece that's called uh, Wildlife for All. And they're backed by all of the big Humane Society of the United States, Center for Biological Diversity, all the groups with big pockets, and they are driving this bus and basically it falls under the rewilding idea that bring predators back they'll control the ungulate herds and all the other animals and man what just does not need to be in the equation at all which is the north american model completely which is and so taking 
humans out of the equation is a fantasy because we're yes. we're part of the natural world as well. Have we altered the natural world? Yes. Have we compromised habitats? Yes. Do we live in the same habitats in which in in, in which predators and ungulates and yes we do. And therein lies the problem. And because since we've inserted ourselves in this world, we just want to kind of ignore the fact that they were here and 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 just deny man's place in the natural order of things. And and that's it's 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 an idea born outside of science. It, it's 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 born of ideology, and there's the problem. If you allow the predators to go wild, you're going to find yourself exactly where the state of Maine was, having to reinstate a bear hunt because of increased predator interactions with with kids at bus stops and all kinds of other things. We've had a fatality cougar attack within the state within the past couple of years. We had a bear attack last fall. We've had, you know, we're starting to see the effects of this in place in a public safety setting, Brian Lynn. And and that's just one of the problems. We're in this habitat. We are in these animals' uh, lives and life history, whether we like it or not. And we need to manage these animals for the health and safety of all. That's right. We're, we're, we're the biggest influence. We're the biggest piece of the entire ecosystem of all of the different habitats. And so it would be irresponsible if we didn't manage them. We have an outsized influence on it all now. And the, the habitats that they do have are smaller and tighter. And it, it, so the effects of predator and prey populations have a greater boom and bust when you do that have greater influence because of those restricted habitats they don't have the room to spread and disperse and uh, and take up different habitats and, and move around if pressure gets hot you know if, if the bear population goes up they don't have the you know they run they're going to run into the the uh, the space needle if they you know want to get away from them well you think about all the good things that we've done as sportsmen uh, i remember I think I was probably 10 years old when I went on my first turkey hunt. Now, turkeys were reintroduced here in Washington, Yep. right? We, we didn't have turkeys. Now, we have yeah. tons of turkeys here, right? And, and there's, there's examples of that all across the country. Elk in states. We've, we've brought elk back in, in many states. Um, and, it, and that's all, you know, the North American model of, of wildlife management. We do a lot of good stuff. And we know we got to let these biologists and the scientists direct us in how to manage the wildlife we properly. We we got to take people's ideas and ideals out of it. That's not how we manage wildlife here. And and look, what what will end up happening? I I just read an article the other day about um, about cougars and wolves, and now we're starting to see the wolves killing cougars, killing yeah. the kittens. Yeah. And, and then what ends up happening is in a lot of these states where we've reintroduced wolves and, and the cats are used to preying on elk, now those cats are killing 50% more elk yeah. because they're getting run off their kills. That's just yeah. one of those things yeah. where it's like, okay, once we – there has to be a balance, right? Otherwise, things get way out of whack. That's why we start seeing uh, sows with cubs in towns yeah. because Bingo. there's too many yeah. bears, too many boars. They got to get out of the woods because th- those cubs are going to get eaten by these boars. So uh, it's just sad to see what's happening in this state. And and I, I plead with sportsmen out there. I don't care if you're a hunter. 
or a fisherman, if you're only a fisherman, you got to pay attention to this stuff. It's going to trickle down to everything if, we do. You got to get involved. I know it sucks to have to sit there for two hours and listen to these people ramble on about nonsense, but you better start well, doing it because we're, we're going to lose our, our we're gonna fishing ha- and hunting opportunities in this state. I completely agree, and we're going to have to inhabit this commission space from from a, from a testimony perspective and, and probably from a physical perspective as well. Brian Lynn joins us, sportsmansalliance.org. And, and, and to me, it's just absolutely crystal clear, Brian Lynn, that this non-consumptive argument, if we let it get a foothold here, this has national implications for wildlife management in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a national push. And, you know, there's these state chapters for this Wildlife for All, which is headquartered out of uh, Arizona. But there's different states that have their chapters and their push. And it's a coordinated national uh, attack. But Washington State, everything is just prime for it right now. Inslee is in this space. Everybody is, he's appointed to the commission, is in this space, and they all follow this ideology. Our legislature is not going to push back on him, one, because they, many of them fall into the same ideological camp, and two, the ones that don't are afraid to speak out against him and stand up to him. And so we're going, we are the poster child yep. and the toehold that they're using to move this across the nation. And that's what that meeting back in November was about. And they're trying to push this to a national audience and get it into fish and game departments nationwide. And we fought these battles before on the East coast, sure. uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, yep. where they try to lower the threshold for sitting on the commission. Like here in Washington, they can appoint anybody they want yep. in other States. Most other States, you have to have a game a hunting license for five out of the last you know ten years, or you have to belong to a sportsman's club, something like that. There's an election process or standards to meet to ensure we don't get what we have here in Washington. And we now don't you, have that. No. They're just running full steam ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, you put zookeepers and florists on the Wildlife Commission, you know, and and here's where you're at, right? And 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 there's there, you know there's several you know nightmare stories scenarios you can I could I could tell you about some of the commissioners that they put on, but 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 at that point this is pointless. The point is, look, gang, you need to join the sportsmansalliance.org. You need to join w4wc.org. A couple of organizations here that have your interest heart are going to keep you appraised of this too. If they jump on to uh, Sportsman's Alliance. Org, Brian. You can also sign up for a newsletter and, 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 and alerts, Legislative Action Center and all. What, what are they going to find on the website? Yeah, we've got a Legislative Action Center and pretty cool new technology we have. It's a heat map so you can see which states are hot and going and that's pretty much the entire country right now. 48 out of the 50 legislatures are in session. So that thing's lit up. I think there's like eight, 900 bills we're tracking and you can kind of parse those down by sporting dogs, hunting, fishing game commissions, fishing, and see what bills are out there and moving through there. Uh, one click, find your, you know, your senators and your representatives, email them different campaigns, but, but then sign up for those alerts. Uh, you know, we don't spam you. We send out a weekly over overview that, you know, looks back at everything that's kind of moved across the nation. That's really important. And then if you, you know, if there's a Washington alert here in the state, when we put that out, you'll get that alert right to your email box. And if there's an action to take, there's an email button, one click pre-written deal goes to the committee or to the, your representatives, whoever it needs to go to. And it is Make a it great way possible. to stay informed yeah. of what is going on. Because, look, n- none of us have the time to f- keep track of 
everything going on around the country. And that's what they count but on this, to push their agenda forward. Every morning yeah. I look at my phone, I get my Sportsman's Alliance alert, and I get a read about what's going on, the good, the bad, what the heck is going on around the state. It's it's just it's a great, great organization. And like Tom said, uh, sign up, become a member, and you can get a membership uh, like 35 bucks, and uh, you're, it's going to good. He's Brian Lynn, sportsmansalliance.org. You keep in touch, my friend, because uh, uh, there's nothing bigger than, than than losing what we have. And and that's what these people are after. They're, they're after the end of hunting and fishing in the state of Washington. It's just plain and simple. Yes, they are. They're coming full bore, and it's uh, they aren't stopping. They're, they're, they're going for the brass ring right now. It's their time to shine, and, and they're taking full advantage of it. Happy to be on. Thank you very much. Anytime you need something, just holler, guys. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, buddy. Sports, Appreciate it, man. Sportsmansalliance.org. All right, coming up next, critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Barry 10 Marine Winter Chinook Fishery still on hold pending test fish data. WDFW is called a... Puget Sound Advisory Board meeting for Thursday, February 23rd, when additional test fishing data is expected to be presented and analyzed. However, with one of the key quota metrics at the 98th percentile, the data would have to show a very serendipitous break to allow any more angling days. Right now, our Marine Area 10 winter fishery is shackled by three, count them, three closure metrics, namely total encounters, total sublegal encounters, and total unmarked encounters. This is the only fishery in the history of our state by any user group to be managed in this fashion and has most Marine Area 10 anglers sitting on the beach asking why. Why? We're only a week and a half away from the CQ Blackmouth opener, with which opened with a bang last season. Marine Area 5 and CQ will open on March 1st and run through April 30th. Last season, small anchovies or red label herring behind a flasher were the ticket on the Sea Beast, and other boats scored fish on spoons and hoochies also. Don't forget that the second Saturday of March marks the Lingcod and Rockfish opener Marine Area 4 just west of CQ. If you're out on the Straits, don't forget CQ is only open for salmon and Nia Bay opens for bottom fish on March 11th. 2023 Ocean Co. forecast looks like another solid silver season. The OPI, or Oregon Production Index, is going to be a volatile prediction model, and this year's no exception. Biologists are predicting a pre-harvest ocean abundance of over 1.1 million Oregon Coast and Columbia Pound Co. This breaks down to almost 900,000 compared to the actual run of 700,000 or so. And so Ilwaco should be absolutely on fire again this July. Additional spring should also hit the wire, including 3,000 more in the lower Columbia. Initial modeling suggested forecast enough springers for a seven-day-a-week fishing season through Bonneville through April 7th, but that's a decision still to be made after the compact meets later this month. WDFW Clam Commandants confirmed Razor Clam digging reopens at Moak Rocks Beaches February 19th and February 21st. This is in addition to Capalis Beach, open today, February 20th and February 22nd. The marine swell forecast looks good for razor clamming. That, combined with later sunsets and deeper low tides, should provide plenty of opportunity for successful digging. The following evening tides have some great tides with a minus 1.2 tonight at Capalis and a minus 1.5 tomorrow at Moak Rocks. The Washington Department of Health Labs indicate demoic acid levels at Long Beach and Twin Harbors beaches are still above the health guideline levels. WDFW will announce future digging opportunities when the marine toxin levels show it's safe to do so. 
The daily limit is 15 razor clams per person. Under state law, the daily limit consists of the first 15 clams dug regardless of size or condition, and each digger's clams must be kept in a separate container. That was supposed to be clam commandants. Commandants. You see, yes, there we go. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Gonzaga Jr. pops Washington State record whitefish. Gavin Boggs at Davenport, Washington, made the catch of the year so far while fishing with walleyes at, at, at Lake Roosevelt last week. But it was no walleye. Boggs was out with his college buddy near the Lincoln boat ramp when this big fish hit. I was targeting a walleye at a depth around 75 feet using a four-inch swim bait, and it was a pretty rough day on the water, said Boggs. We did mark a lot of fish on the fish finder and had one walleye before this big guy took my gear. I thought it was a big walleye. When it came to the surface end of the fish, we were told Totally amazed. He says, I've never targeted whitefish in Lake Roosevelt. It's my favorite place to fish for smallmouth, and this changed my mind about targeting Lake Whitefish. Gavin took the fish to WDFW Spokane Regional uh, Biologist, our, our, actually our friend Danny Garrett, helped with the paperwork and the verification progress, and here it is. The new state record whitefish is 7.86 pounds, 26 and a quarter inches long with a girth of 16 inches, and was signed off as a new official record just yesterday afternoon. That is one well-fed whitefish. No doubt. Each year, state and federal and... State, federal, and tribal fishery managers gather to plan the Northwest recreational and commercial salmon fisheries. This this salmon season setting process is known as North of Falcon, which refers to Northern Oregon's Cape Falcon, the southern border of active management for Washington salmon stocks. Once the salmon forecasts are finalized in February, WDFW and tribal governments release initial salmon forecasts for the Columbia, Puget Sound, and Washington coast. This year's forecast meeting will be Friday, March 3rd at the Lacey Community Center on Pacific Avenue South. Hit the North of Falcon page on the WDFW site for the Zoom webinar link. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shock struts, and more at leschwab.com. So one of the things that we can accomplish at North of Falcon is this artificial way we're managing our winter fisheries with three catch metrics on one particular fishery it's it's unrealistic it's it's not workable obviously and i'd like to find out who signed that for wdfw quite frankly because at the end of the day it comes down to one guy's signature mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the things we, we need to find out and well you know we want to name was names. there any talk about no, that no and that's the season? and that's the problem so so during the boat show we sat in a meeting with 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 some of the some of the rec fish leaders some of the guys that have their really their their name their you know, their finger on the pulse. And and so after North of Falcon, there has to be a document signed, and that's called the List of Agreed to Fisheries, mm-hmm. L-O-A-F, or it's called the LOAF for short. So the language in the LOAF was changed outside the public process. This is govern, government malfeasance and, and by any definition, right? So and that's one of the reasons we, we've got to sit and listen to every word in, in North of Falcon and every word in these commission meetings. Because they're, you know, we're we're getting railroaded on a lot of different fronts here, and you know, I guess it, it's it's the time of the year to kind of pull this stuff out. It, it, you know, it being January forty seventh, but we're on the beach, and we should be fishing Marine Area ten, mm-hmm. you know, or we should be on a pause with a realistic opportunity to fish March, and you know, people asleep at the switch at WDFW are not allowing us to do that. So we're it's time to time to name names, and that's that's what we're going to do, but. We can go fish the cl- the Cowlitz. We can anticipate some springers coming up that creek. A lot of lower Columbia trib acti- activity happening soon. Todd Daniels, TallTalesGuideService.com, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. 
Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. It's Todd Rivet Dog Daniels time. Good morning, Mr. Daniels. How are Gentlemen you? Gentlemen and Nelly, how are you this morning? Gentlemen and Nelly. Hey, hey, Todd, um, I was on your website, and I wanted to go f- read a fishing report, and I did, but it was from August 2nd, 2013. Can we Dude, get can you can you update that well, please? Well, actually the fishing 10 years ago was better. <laughs> yeah. You know, it looked like they in, had in, a really in, good day. In that you could go fishing <laughs> 10 years ago, right? You know. So it actually says uh, if, do you want to go catching? Catching. Not even fishing. There we go. <laughs> hey, full disclosure, I don't even know how to do that stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay, man. That's my New Year's resolution to update that thing. Very good. Saying, Very good. Yeah, yeah not the, saying which year, but hey. I know, believe anyway. I believe we refer to it as the legacy website, ToddTalltalesGuideService.com. <laughs> so, uh, dude, well, so we got this later time run coming back to the Cowlitz, a steelhead, right? And and yep. I'm just kind of wondering if, you know, this late run of steelhead are going to be banging their heads into 8,000 springers that are also coming up the creek, right? So they're, they're, yeah. if it ain't happening now in the Cowlitz, it's fair to say it's going to soon. Well, yeah. So I think last time we talked about it, you know, uh, it was certainly the uh, – you know, calm before the storm, you know, everybody's getting everything ready for the, you know, the upcoming season and tying up all your 8,000 liters and, and getting everything ready to get going. Well, it's here and it, it's, it's start, it's ramping up and it's ramping up fast. You know, um, you know, we just started some of our trip personally, uh, last week and, um, you know, there's some nice, nice three salt, big teener, uh, steelhead in there, uh, this year. It seems to be a, a, a bigger, a bigger run class uh, this year. So excited about that. And uh, yeah, and it's only going to get better and better, you know, historically uh, with this late time running, you know, the middle of March is kind of the peak of this run. Um, but, you know, it has legs on certainly on either end for the steelheads. And then, like you said, uh, Nelly there, that, um, you know, these springers are going to start uh, knocking their heads, you know, coming right up in here, you know, soon. Um, I already know of one caught in the lower river uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, some guys are probably pissed at me for saying that, but you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it hit the I mean, mood, it's yeah. honestly, it's time. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's time it, it, now let's go, you know, now through <laughs> now through June, um, you know, it's, it's go. And in fact, uh, it was February 25th last year. Um, I do know that, uh, we caught our first summer run steelhead of the season too. Um, go figures, right? So there's going to be a good, you know, mixed bag and, uh, uh, you get going more towards, uh, you know, end of March, um, going into April, there's there's some runs swimming in the same stretch of water as the Springers, as the uh, the, ste- the winter run steelhead. So, you know, get that boat off uh, the trailer. Let's go. So you, it's time. You and I talked last night, and it sounded like some guys were the the plunker, the plunkers, the 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 uh, the lower river crew. They were starting to run into quite a few steelhead, which means they're, they're probably going to be hitting there, you know, up at, up at Blue Creek here anytime. Yeah, well, so so here's the thing about, you know, everybody knows Blue Creek um, for obvious reasons, right? The Blue Creek stretch of the uh, mm-hmm. uh what's that, six miles or so below uh, uh, Barrier Dam. Um, but the entire river now through the next, you know, six weeks is going to fish really, really good. You do not have to be at Blue Creek. If you don't like the crowds because it, it'll be busy there, Oh yeah, right? Um, 
But uh, the, the lower river, the middle river, heck, the upper river, it all fishes because, the, you know, when you have a, a good run size, you know, which we're predicting just north of, uh, what, 600,000 on the smoke plant for the steelhead, um, they're going to be everywhere and hit all your, your typical, uh, you know, pocket water, uh, your traveling lanes and things like that, um, and just keep on working, you know, as far up or down the river as you want and you get away with it, and you'll certainly have ample opportunity to catch some of these nice fish. What are you hearing from, like, further south, like the Kalama, the Lewis? Guys getting some fish down there too? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's been some beautiful fish being taken out of some of those creeks. You know, it's uh, kind of the same situation. It's not uh, white hot, uh, but on any given day, um, they're, they're picking up some fish out of there for sure, and it's certainly worth it. You know, like the Klamath, for example, that's a really good bank access uh, river. You know, there's, you know, it's a blue ribbon, so to speak, uh, you know, river. You can drive up that thing for, you know, miles all the way up into the canyon and just look down and look for nice pieces of water right out of your own or your own rig and uh, pull over and go hit some of that, that water. And they also, too, get a, you know, a decent run of springers in that thing, too. So um, it's all it's all worth it, and it's all, you know, it's now. First time I heard the term back bouncing was in reference to the callets. First time, obviously, callets cocktail. You hear about, the, mm-hmm. but but also also back trolling mm-hmm. and, and and some other things too. I mean, it's one thing about springers. I mean, will you catch them incidentally targeting steelhead? Yes, you will. Yes. but doggone yes. it, those springers in the river they like it stopped, man. They really like it stopped in the callets. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what a lot of guys do is find that traveling lane for springers. Uh, Park on anchor. Yep. Yep. And just wait for them because they're, you know, as we know, when they hit these, these rivers, they're migrating fish. They're not, they don't live there. They're not, they're not a bass. Uh, they're moving. So you just, you know, patience is the name of the game. Um, and you find that nice traveling lane. You put that, that callus cocktail, sit there back there, cut plug herring, um, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, just wait for them to come towards you. Did you, um, did you catch more springers? You know, it, the cowlitch, the steelhead fishery used to be sand shrimp, eggs. It was way more of a bait fishery. Now it's switched over to, you know, the, the, the you know soft plastic, the beads. Um, mm-hmm. Did you catch more mm-hmm. springers when you guys were fishing, like, eggs or shrimp for the steelhead, like, early in the season? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. 100% for sure. Uh, not that you will not catch a springer with, with beads, but... You know, for me personally, my always my game plan. I start getting into about the middle third week of March or so. Uh, you know, I got you know six eight rods hanging out of the boat. I will always have one or two rods that are running bait every day, mm-hmm. uh, just for just for that, right? Because uh, as we know, you know, steelhead like eggs very much, right? Um, you know, and uh, so do so do springers. So you know, it's a it's a good combo. Well, you got to be fired up too. I mean, you know, ob- obviously, most of us like to, you know, be able to sleep in our own beds and 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 chase some chinook and take chase some steelhead around this this neck of the woods. So, come forecast time. I know your eyes are going to be set on that skycomish chinook number, right? Well, yes. let's let's just harken back here a couple years ago to the the uh, production initiative put forth by the Pacific Salmon Commission that is has the potential to increase the Wallace rack smolt out migration by 4 million fish. Okay. This, these, these are funds made available for, for Southern resident killer whale prey availability. And some of those releases have already happened and we should see some of those gain traction this year. 
I'm really hoping, Todd Daniels, that, that at that forecast meeting a week from Friday, March 3rd, that we're going to see a bump in Snohomish system Chinook numbers. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see those numbers. I get, all, I get giddy about that. Now, now the alarm clocks every day, uh, that gets a little old at, you know, 3.30 in the morning. But uh, <laughs> uh, those – and well, the thing is, too, about the, the Shindo Skykomish River Chinook, they're amazing fish. Uh, they're, you know, they're ocean bright, um, you know, and they cut as good as any upper Columbia River Springer. And they're little egg biters too, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, eggs, eggs, and more eggs. Right. If you don't have eggs, go find some eggs. They like them spicy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, Yes, they do, Joey. Mm -hmm. Todd (laughs) Um, tried to burn uh, my fingers off one day. (laughs) That was successful too. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no. So, you know, the, the, the future for, you know, the, starting right now with the steelhead rolling the springers rolling into the summer snook on the skycomish river the you know the the river situation here is looking promising and then as as you know too we got uh, we're, we're going to be rolling right into you know the pink season which the abundance of that should be good uh, rolling right into the coho so you know if you guys are just getting new into uh you know fishing and whatnot that's it's a, it's certainly a good time of year and a, and a good year to get up and get going and, and, you know, listen to things like this and, you know, listen to you guys, uh, you learn a few things and, uh, you know, time to go. Well, one, one thing that's, you know, nice this year is we are set up really nice for that Snohomish fishery with a really, really nice snowpack up in the mountains. I mean, we, I think we yes. ended up with about 15 inches of snow over the weekend. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's going to keep you guys kind of going, right? Yeah, yeah, we live and die by uh, uh, the snowpack um, on the Snohomish system, um, and you know, Skykomish in particular. Once that river drops out and gets clear, those fish get tough to catch. Not, they're not there, but they get tough to catch. Um, so, yeah, the higher the snowpack, the more more water, the better it is. Um, you know, when when we're fishing these things, uh, you know, and same thing with the Calitz River. The higher the water relatively speaking the closer to the shoreline you fish um lower the water the you know the further out in the pockets that you fish so it's it's an understanding of the river situation it's the understanding of the rivers and and the you know the particular holes uh that you're fishing so and that's part of the fun about the about doing what we all do is just you know trying to unlock the mystery of where they are and what they're doing and it it's frustrating sometimes it, it, it's it's fun and it keeps you driving keeps you going well to figure it out because once you do it's amazing and, wow. and to your point about the snow we sit here on january 49th and the lower columbia has 108 <laughs> percent south puget sound is at 95 percent of their snow water equivalent central puget sound 98 percent central columbia the only thing the only drainage in western Washington that is even below 85% is North Puget Sound, and it comes in at 83 The Olympic Peninsula comes mm-hmm. in at 85%. Upper Columbia, 106%. I mean, we're looking really, really good right now as far as our snowpack. And, yeah, man, that, that drives a lot of opportunity around here. We want to keep those water temperatures low. We don't want any pre-spawn mortality. We want to make sure we get Correct. a few more of these years because, like, you know, to your point, we've had now we've been stacking up some really good water years and some really good oceanic conditions. So we're hoping that those wild fish numbers bump up as well. He's Todd yep, yep. Daniels, the webmaster of the legacy website, talltalesguideservice.com. <laughs> Todd River Dog Daniels. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. We appreciate your time this morning and uh, good luck down the Callets, man. 
All right. Have a good day, fellas. Thank you very much. Later, all right, man. buddy. Talk to you soon. Coming up Take next, care. the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson's Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? Just coming back from the island of Tinian and the lady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean to me, red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? Time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Pacific Northwest, the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toilers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more. And this weekend, only the Seattle RV Show, Lumen Fields Event Center, running through tomorrow. You'll find a complete dealer list, but uh, I know Roy Robinson's got about 40 rigs at that show. So check that out. The biggest RV show in the Northwest, the Seattle RV Show, and of course, Roy Robinson RV, Smoky Point, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Go down there and see our buddy Eric Jorgensen. Oh, dude. He's down there. I, he's I talked the, to him yesterday. Promise he's the biggest dude in the place. Yeah. He is, yeah, great guy. Yeah, well, clam digs. We got clam digs. Yeah, Pretty man. much uh, tonight we got a clam dig. It's about a 520 low tide, minus 1.2. Such 2. nice tides. Six-foot swell coming in. Just pretty good conditions, dude. And then it's not cold. Pretty much tides through Wednesday. Yep. So yep. alternating between uh, Milk Rocks and Capalis Beach. And, and then, then anybody transiting Razor Clams up by five. If you want them, we, at, if you want Nelly to test them for, yeah, we'll, for we'll, demoic <laughs> acid, drop them off at his house. We're and, more than happy to you know to to check these out. You know, we'll, make sure we'll, they're safe. To yeah, eat. we we have we, we're going to institute a razor clam and spring chinook sampling program on I five. We'll set up a set up a station and just make sure we test everybody's seafood coming north there. Uh, I mean, talking to to Lale, you know, fishing's pretty good out on the yeah. coast right now. Uh, you know, I, I would recommend if you're going to go out there. Book a trip with one of those guys. They have the boats. They got the rafts. They're yep. all set up. Yep. They're on the water every day. They're going to tell you what rock the steelhead is behind. You're going to throw in there and get yourself a fish. Just had Todd uh, Daniels on. Uh, go to talltailsguideservice.com. You can go to his website and read all about how the fishing was in 2013. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or to even you, it goes as dude, far back as 2011. Dude, you threw that in him like a rock. I loved it. <laughs> Remember the first hole. time I fished with Todd Daniels, we ran out of gas. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember that? I'll river, never river, let him forget that. River one Dog is going under the bus today, and that's just fine. But listen, he he's oh, one dude, of the funnest guys you'll ever for fish sure. with, and a great and great. Stick. You're going to catch fish, and that the cowlitz is definitely heating up. It's going to be kind of the spot here for the next mm-hmm. about month uh, for steelhead and. Todd sent me a picture of a 37-inch hen they got last week that was just chrome yeah, gray. I, I this been, is when you go down there and you're going to get a big fish, too. And you got to keep them. You get to keep. You get to yeah, eat them. You get to eat them, and that's uh, that's. But dude, again, you look at some of these lower Columbia trib numbers, and again, <clears throat> here's an update from the Columbia River. One over I the know, dam, and a 10-year average of two over Bonneville. So, yeah, we're, we're still waiting here on, on, on January 49th for another uh, Springer to, to come over the come over Bonneville. But, like I said, I mean, they, they did catch one in the lower river, mm-hmm. and, it's dude, it's going to be time soon. And, and let's not forget that update, you know, that, that run update, added a few more. So I really think, you know, not only this week we're, we're going to get a little bit of clarity 
with regard to um, our, our, our Marine Area 10 position, and, and so that'll be helpful to know. I really think this week also we're going to hear about our Skagit Sock opportunity. You know, Ed, Edward Eliezer and, and, and Mr. Malstein, Michael Malstein of, of NOAA, have, you know, got to get off the – you know, got to get on the email train here. <clears throat> Let us know what's going to go on with those with that fishery because, dude, I, I'd love nothing more than to float down the upper, the upper Skagit. Oh, and, you know, man. just <clears throat> I mean, we've had we've had some killer times up there. Nice big fish, too. and a good forecast up there for this year for sure. So. Yeah, and definitely definitely want to get get going on that too. But uh, you know, we're we're going to go through this kind of cold ditch, but we're also going to see some temperatures starting to moderate. Typically as we get, you know, we get into March in like a lion, out like a lamb and all that stuff, we're gonna start seeing more of our, our of our year round lakes start to produce something here. Cause you know, and, and you made reference earlier in the show too to the fact that that some of these Grace Harbor Trib excess steelhead that are coming back are being pumped into a lot of different lakes, you know, kind of a, a put and take deal. But dude, they're those are steelhead, right? Yeah, those are surplus steelhead, and they're they're dumping them in lakes. You can go on the Department of Fish and Wildlife website and and find out what lakes those are, and then you got an opportunity to go out and, and catch a steelhead in one of these lakes. So, it, I'd rather be fishing for them in the river, but at least it's an opportunity to go catch steelhead. And uh, I I did kick off the show with with the news of outdoor legend writing just an, an amazing icon, Wayne Cruz, formerly of the Everett Herald. Passed away yesterday, um, and, and uh, he he was he he was a, a a big mentor and really gave me a start when I started guiding and started writing and stuff. I mean, he was very supportive of of everything that that Robo and I did early on, and and uh, you know, which really helped us out in in the industry. And I'll never be able to forget what Wayne Cruz did for for me and my family in, in that vein. Um, just a great guy, U.S. vet. He rode on the crew team at UW. Taught history in high school and started actually started his writing career by just bombing out articles to people and and and, and eventually was was a writer a staff writer for uh, Fishing Hunting News which is a venerable publication here for a lot of years long time and then and then of course the Everett Herald where you know you could never go to a newspaper box or a paper stand and find a Thursday Everett Herald because you know that's when Wayne Cruz's column was right he wrote on he wrote on Sundays and he and he wrote on uh, on Thursdays and then eventually his role was just that of writing on Thursdays. But, man, I mean, there's people just, you know, every every day you couldn't find, every Thursday you could not find an Ever Herald in the afternoon. Well, in the fishing hunting news, that yeah. was like. That, that was, was the like, Bible, dude. Was, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that was like our Bible. When yeah. Ryan and I were kids, we'd get that. And I remember the first time, you know, in the back you'd have like, you could get your picture in there. Oh yeah, and yeah. The you, first time I the, got a picture the, in there, and the you're like, eagle, "Oh my gosh, the eagle claw this. photo contest." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I caught it on an eagle claw hook. Yes, uh-huh. of, course of course I did. I did. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, I mean, I'll never, never forget Wayne Cruz. Um, passed away yesterday. Uh, born in 1937. So uh, yeah, Wayne. Thanks for everything, man. We, we we sincerely appreciate it. And so, and then also yesterday, uh, I learned that uh, somebody decided to drive a uh, large truck through the front door at Harbor Marine. So uh, we're gonna we're swinging down to Harbor Marine right after the show today and uh, go uh, show some support to the, that wonderful business on the Everett Waterfront because I don't care what you need or where you, you can get everything you need from nuts and bolts and and, and the tagline's always been coffee nut coffee to crankshafts right and if they if they don't have it in the store they will get it for oh, you yeah, they'll I, get have, it. I have a very weird um crank for my trailer like to oh, yeah. take it off my yeah, truck yeah jack yeah yeah it's a weird configuration <laughs> uh they found it and so it's it's down there to get picked up which 
I couldn't find it anywhere. I went everywhere, oh, and nobody dude, had one. I, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I, I, you know, I'll never forget. You know, Matthew as a young guy bouncing around on the rig. Are we going to the waterfront again, Dad? Are we going to Harbor Marine? Yeah, he uh, he had to put up through the with a few <laughs> with a few trips down to Harbor Marine while Dad was working on his boats, and 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 this is this is where he got him right here. So also jump on to uh, PeregrineLodge.com. Join Matthew and I on the Father's Day trip. It's going to be Father's Day weekend in June. Um, we still have a few openings left on that thing. And, and and last I heard, Brock Hewitt is still planning on coming up, bringing a Seahawk to be named later. But uh, but there we go. Um, if you want to go catch a, a nice triploid rainbow and a walleye, book a trip with Austin Mosier. He's got some openings over there, and I, I looked at the weather this morning in Grand Coulee, and we're going to dip Actually, in and, and get a bad. little cold. Next weekend, you're, it's going to be similar to what I had. It, it's a little chilly in the morning, but getting up into the 40s during the day, and that's just a, a super pleasant trip over there. It is just absolutely beautiful. Thanks for everybody that chimed in today on the te- on the text toy, and uh, appreciate you listening. Sincerely, missed any of the show? Jump on mynorthwest.com. Give Joey Pyburn a follow at Joey Pyburn at the Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Matt will have the podcast up on theoutdoorline.com. For Matt Nelson behind the glass, for Joey Pyburn, this is Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App.